Welcome to Mile High Magazine with your hosts, Adam Morgan, Murphy Houston, and Melissa Moore. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping Colorado, presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Now, here's your host, Adam Morgan. Longtime Denver barber Paul Stewart, since his childhood, was thoroughly enthralled by black cowboys. When he learned that one of every three cowboys in the West was African American, he began to research, collecting artifacts and sharing stories regarding the influence and impact of African Americans on the expansion of the Western United States. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The artifacts Paul Stewart collected from patrons to his barbershop served as the foundation that began the Black American West Museum and Heritage Center. It's one of the more popular stops on the forthcoming Night at the Museum's free tour during Denver Arts Week, November 2nd. The museum is located in the historic Five Points neighborhood in the relocated home of Denver's first African-American woman doctor, Justina Ford. The home is in need of restoration, and Historic Denver and the museum are partnering to get it done by competing for a National Restoration Award that you can help them to win. Just like the baseball fans who vote for their favorite player to get them to the All-Star Game, you can do the same by simply voting for the museum. On this edition, we learn just how to get that done with Allison Salutes of Historic Denver and from the Black American West Museum, Ms. Terry Gentry. If we go back and look at what happened, Dr. Justina Ford passed away. Her husband sold the home, and it was occupied, owned and occupied by another owner, and then he sold it to a developer who was slated to tear down the house. And the neighbors contacted Hiawatha Davis, our city council member, and Paul Stewart to let them know they're getting ready to tear down her house. We've got to do something. So they filed an injunction in city courts to stop them from tearing down the house. Wow. And the developer said, well, I don't need the house. I need the land. So you can have the house if you can move it. So they reached out to Historic Denver and other agencies to help them move the house. It cost $84,000 to move the house from 2335 Arapahoe Street to 3091 California Street. So its present location is not is not the original location then? Correct. It was at 2335 Arapahoe Street, and there's a commercial structure. It's a brick house. You all picked that up and moved it a few blocks. Yeah, they drove it down Stout Street. We've got a picture from Rocky Mountain News. i got pictures of that. And Historic Denver became involved because one of the main interests you have is restoring and, pre- and preserving uh, Denver's history, and a lot of that history is tied up in those homes. Exactly. Yes, it was important to us that the house remained standing because it's such a great artifact to tell the story of Dr. Ford. Um, so we helped to secure the funds to move the house and do some of the logistics of getting it from its original location to where um, it is currently. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Ford was one of the first or maybe original African-American physicians She's the first black woman licensed physician in Colorado. So there's probably a man ahead of her, but well, there were several that era that probably is not very many. Yeah, there were there were several physicians that came along. There were probably about three or four black men physicians that were ahead mm-hmm. of her. But she was the first black woman licensed physician, and that's a critical piece, the licensing part. Because the other people may not have been licensed. Yeah, we had Ooh. we had tons of of midwives. And practitioners around Colorado that took care of folks. 
But in order to get your license through the state of Colorado was quite a a hoop to jump through. Yeah. What year was she licensed? She was granted her medical license in October of 1902, license number 3,800. In 1902? Yes. So when she went up to apply for that license, those people said, oh, no, African-Americans with a medical license? Are you kidding me? The examiner said, I hate to take your $5. You've got two strikes against you. You're a woman and you're colored. So we're not sure we should take your, your money. But they did give her her license. She also applied for the Colorado Medical Society and was denied membership. And that was a requirement in order to work in the hospital. So she set up practice in her home. Ah, that's what it was. That's how she did that thing. Now, was has there ever been a point when they finally accepted her, even even after she retired, when things, when the social condition changed? The Colorado Medical Society finally granted her membership January 1950. So it took her 48 years. Took her 48 years. We have on file the letter that she wrote in 1949 asking one more time to have that membership granted. And in that letter, she she was quoted to say she delivered over 7,000 babies. Yeah. And so they finally granted her membership in January 1950. And it appears that she may have paid for up to five-year membership or something like that because sure. when she passed away, they gave her husband a refund. They gave her husband a refund. Yes. Wow. And that history is tied up in that house, and that's what really makes it exciting for Historic Denver then because all the houses you make sure that are preserved, like the Molly Brown house, they have these rich heritage stories with them. Yeah, in so many cases, the house really is able to to serve as a teaching tool to to tell the community, you know, what life was like in the past, what kind of struggles people like Dr. Ford would have faced. And I think if that house wasn't standing, we wouldn't be able to have um, such a great teaching tool to get people engaged in the story, bring her into the house. They can see her medical office. They can see where she would have worked. Just the same as in Margaret Brown's home, you get to enter the house um, you get to walk through the rooms and really get a feel for what life was like in the time before, you know, before us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got to be really impactful for youth to learn that all babies are not necessarily born in a hospital or in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. And she would also travel to the different homes to deliver the babies as well. Um, she didn't drive, but there was a taxi service in town that would take her from house to house when somebody was in labor, she would show up. And there's some really wonderful stories about her noticing that the coal was low or there wasn't a lot of food in the house and just having it delivered to the home after she delivered the baby. Really? Because she knew they needed that kind of stuff in that community. She just had a taxi on call then. Yeah, she She and her sister and her husband were in a car accident and her her sister died as a result of the injuries later on, and she decided yeah. she wasn't driving anymore. So there was a local cab company that took care of her. I think it was Zone Cab mm-hmm. took care of her. Her great nephew and her nephews also helped her get around, but the cab company was on call all of the time to get her to where she had to go. And a limousine service that we learned about a couple of days ago, a gentleman picked her up to bring her to his home. Yeah to help with the delivery of his child. And so we have that in our in our stories, Mr. Martinez. There are so many incredible stories about folks that utilize the services of Dr. Ford 
and a lot of them couldn't pay. Some of them would bring goods from their garden to pay her. Some of them would do other things to help her. They might get on a $5 payment plan or some something else would happen. And we always wondered, where in the world did Dr. Ford get enough money to, to sustain herself? Yeah. Because there were so many challenges with servicing the community and, and people not being able to afford to pay her for their for the services. And she wanted to be a doctor, and she's going to do everything she could to continue practicing. She was quoted to say she delivered a baby on average one every three days for 50 years. <laughs> That's a lot of people. That is for sure. And she was also several of those babies' pediatrician, and she also helped other folks with other things that happened in their lives. Her, her home was her office. In the dining room, she set up as her examining room, and folks came in to the living room as her waiting room, and and she looked after everybody. She was a homeopathic physician, so she didn't use a lot of of external ideology with taking care of you. She used homeopathy as her form of service. So if you got stung by a bee, you take the venom of the bee and you make an antiserum to help you heal from that. Yeah, sure. She did all that, too. Yes. Wow. Allison, the stories of Dr. Ford are incredible. And this is one reason why you all are entering a competition. You've already entered it. Mm -hmm. And and it's going to help restore this home some more. And uh, uh, tell us about that. What makes that important? Yeah, well, this competition came to our attention because they are focusing the competition this year just on women's history sites in um, anniversary of the upcoming 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. And so when we saw that there was funds available to restore buildings that had a strong women's history uh, story, Dr. Justina Ford was the first person we thought of, and we just thought that this would be such a wonderful combination. So we did, we wrote um, the application, and so we ended up being one of 20 sites. So there were many, many applicants. Uh, We made it to the top 20. Yeah. And then to get the funding that will actually go to the restoration work, it's based on popular vote. So at this point, we're looking to our community to help us get into the top sites so that we can get funding. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Yeah, so we, we have to send something to somebody. We have to do it online. We got we got to call the cousin or something. Or what? Right, we got to do it online. Um, so if you go to voteyourmainstreet.org/slash/denver, you'll see all you'll see the story of Dr. Ford's house, and then it'll allow you to vote. You can vote every day from now until the competition ends on October 29th. And we found that voting through your Facebook is actually the quickest and easiest way to get your vote to count. And um, you said you can vote five times a day? Yes, you get five votes. Now, you could spread them out. We're going to advocate that that you put them all toward preserving Dr. Ford's home. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Don't right? be voting for something else up there. Exactly. You see. We need your vote but, here. <laughs> so all they have to do, they have their computer or their tablet, mm-hmm. is to go to that website and find her house and then vote for it. Yep, every day. Every day. <laughs> Every day now um, is always a dangerous question, but how long do they have to do it? When When is the last day? The last day is October 29th, and they'll let us know if we won right away on October 30th. Okay. Um, so we'll, it's a turnaround. Yeah, yeah. Um. But, yeah, we have the opportunity to really make October count. And you know, the reason why I said it's a dangerous question because somebody will say, oh, I got time. Right, you yeah. 
but uh, no, the more the more no, you vote, do it the more it helps. Get in practice for the November state election by <laughs> voting exactly. for Doctor Ford's house right, right now. Slightly different rules, <laughs> but now, yeah, we can vote every day. And then, so are some of the homes, especially Doctor Ford's home, are they going to be um, cited, exampled, maybe for Women's History Month next year? You're talking about the hundredth anniversary. That's a great question. I know we have plans in like the Denver and Colorado community behind what we're doing for the anniversary. I don't actually know if these 20 sites will will be celebrated in any way further because of their important role in women's history. Well, one thing's for certain, without the other 19, since this one is here in town, maybe that's something you all can be looking forward to doing for the 100th anniversary mm-hmm. as well. Yes, yeah. the board of directors and volunteers at the Black American West Museum are in the process of putting together different events for next year and the following year, actually 2020 for women's history. And then 2021 will be the 150th anniversary of Dr. Ford's birth oh, okay. and the and the 50th anniversary of the museum's birth. Boy, all that's occurring at the same time. We're close to it. Yeah, so 20 and 21, we have a lot of programming and projects on the table that we're working on and getting sorted out. And we'll need some help with uh, community volunteers if they want to come join us. Don't be looking at me like that. I'm going to volunteer. Don't even try it. (laughs) Yes, yes, I would too. I would too, for sure. For sure. What was the website again, Allison? It's voteyourmainstreet.org slash Denver. Okay. What was it again? VoteYourMainStreet.org slash Denver. Okay. When Dr. Ford was practicing, were there many other women physicians in Denver, Anglo, Latino? Yes. I know there were at least four white female physicians in Colorado before Dr. Ford started practicing. Yeah. And I'm not sure about Latino Mm -hmm. or Asian and, and other backgrounds. So that's something I think we need to find out a little bit more information about. Now, they probably got their licenses a lot easier, but the medical society was probably all men. And so they probably didn't care if you were African-American or Anglo, you're a woman, we're not going to let you in. I know Dr. Rebecca Hunt down at at UC Denver has a lot of stories about the history of the women physicians. So she's a great resource Mm -hmm. to find out more information about their experiences. Yeah. And then Dr. Renee Cousins helped with incredible amount of research to understand better the experiences of Dr. Justina Ford and her and the rigorous schedule of homeopathy. So we have other resources in town that can help us with further examination of some of those things. Ms. Terry Gentry with the Black American West Museum and Allison Salutes of Historic Denver are our guests on this edition. Again, to vote your support for the restoration of the museum home of Dr. Justina Ford, go online to, okay, one word, vote your Main Street. Vote Your Main Street, just the way it sounds, voteyourmainstreet.org slash Denver. You can vote up to five times each day. We will learn more about the museum and the historic preservation work of Historic Denver as we continue this conversation on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And many, many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.